Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Come on. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Tuning into the Tell It Like It Is radio show. God bless you and thank you for tuning in tonight. This April, what is it, April twenty fifth or no? Excuse me, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. 
And uh, we are glad to have you with us. We come to you live every Sunday night from the studios of KDIX here in Dickinson, North Dakota. It's an AM radio station that's also picked up on the Internet and then eventually turns into a podcast somewhere down the road. In fact, I'm kind of getting delinquent here. I need to upload some of those podcasts because I do have some people that listen to all of them. So that I thank you for that. If you're listening to a podcast later, <coughs> appreciate that you would listen to these and that you would be, that I'm honored that you'd listen to these. Just introducing myself to you that are just first-time listeners. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's at 501 Elks Drive. We have a great church here in town, uh, certainly the greatest location of all the churches right in Dickinson. We're right on Interstate 94. You can't miss us. People see us all the time. People driving through uh, tell me that they see us all the time. We get visitors that come just because of our location. So we're um, blessed with that. We are excited about what God is doing. We've got a, a church building that will easily seat 500 people. We don't have it full yet, but God is bringing a lot of new people into our church and um, just from all walks of life, from, from um, you know, just from everywhere, just from different countries, from the jails. We've got a bunch of folks from the halfway houses that are come the halfway house here in town that are coming, and uh, we are just so excited. I'm excited that my um, basic Bible class is, it's kind of a discipleship class before church on Sunday morning at 10. That's uh, really full. We're excited about that. And uh, just so many things. Today, we baptized two more people in the name of Jesus. Um, last Sunday, we baptized two people in the name of Jesus. The Sunday before that, we baptized one. And um, and I believe that God is doing something in these last days, and he's reaching out to people. Just going to mention that if you're tuning in for the first time and you wonder what gives the New Life Pentecostal Church a right to exist here in Dickinson, well, the main reason is we believe in the plan of salvation that's found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and verse 38. And sad to say, um, there are many churches that don't promote this or preach this, and sometimes it's so muddied that you don't really even know what it takes to be saved, to be right with God. And, of course, there's more to it than just these three steps. You know, you have to consistently live for God after that. But the bare... Uh, common denominator with us in the apostolic church of Jesus' day is Acts 2.38. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we we still believe in old-fashioned repentance, where people need to turn around, turn their lives around, come to God and ask for forgiveness. That means you've done something wrong, and you need to find out, what it is, and you need to ask God to forgive you, and then you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus that's completely being dunked under the water. That's part of the plan of salvation, folks. It's not just an optional thing. And if you were never baptized, if you were never immersed, you were never baptized the Bible way, and you need to be. And In fact, I just had a really good question this week from somebody that grew up Amish. They told him that you know, they, they quoted the scripture in Ephesians that there's only one baptism, and he thought that meant if you were baptized once, if you got baptized again, you'd be doing something wrong, and you could be lost for it. I said, no, what that means, there's one baptism, and that means to be baptized the correct way, the Bible way, and then um, also you need to be ready to be baptized. So if 
If you weren't ready to be baptized, you need to be baptized also. A lot of people listening tonight are so far texting me. We've got um, Brother Jones listening tonight in the Minneapolis area. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, Yvonne and Marin, faithful listeners in Bowman. Brother Griffith out in Great Falls. Uh, we've got, let's see, um, oh, Zach, Brother Paulson, uh, Zach Paulson just texted in. They're, they're listening tonight. Good to have them with us. And we've got Nathaniel listening from Park River, North Dakota, and he was out at a branding I was at yesterday. Pastor Bob actually got to wrestle some some calves down and hold them down for them to be branded, and um, I just uh, wanted to do it, but I still feel sorry for those calves. I don't know why, but I guess I just always will. looks like it really hurts to me. We, We were at a branding at one of my son's, homes and people from all over the place show up for that and it's just a really big time of branding and eating and so on uh, oh we got the portaluses listening in belfield tonight good to have them listening well tonight my broadcast and you can text me 701-290-7862 i'm going to speak about something that i spoke about in our church service on wednesday night and i'm going to title it the royal law uh, it's all over the bible it's all over the uh, New Testament. So it's in the Old Testament. It's everywhere. James chapter 2, verse 8, this is my text. It says, If you fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. And so the royal law, according to James, <coughs> is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I don't think that you could open your Bible, especially in the New Testament, to many places or paragraphs that would not somehow reference this, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves, uh, that, that it would not reference promoting, being kind to one another, loving one another, treating one another well. I don't think you would find many things in the Bible. In, I don't think you could find many spots that were blank. Maybe in the book of Revelation, you could find some spots there. But even then, the love of God is all over that. And so, I want to read some verses to start with. I'm going to probably be reading a lot of Scripture tonight on the radio show. And I do want your comments, 701-290-7862. I doubt if anybody will be disagreeing with this topic, but maybe you will. Hard to say. John chapter 13 is where I'm going to start also. In verse 34, it says, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And then in 1 John 3.23, John writing later in his life to, the, to, to a church, he said, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So Jesus... Um, promoted that we would love one another. We would love our neighbor as ourself. This, uh, and all through the Bible, you're going to read this. First Thessalonians 4 and 9. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Well, you know, this, this verse is very rich. It's saying that if we have a relationship with God, that we know this already. You know, when we come to God, you might have had a life 
filled with um, bitterness and hate, but now you find yourself loving and even feeling pity towards the people that maybe are bad to you. You know, we are taught by God, through His Spirit, through His Word, uh, by His example, that we love one another. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So a sign of a purified soul is that we would love each other. And strife with a brother is a sign of spiritual infancy, impurity, weakness. So here it says to sincerely love each other. Now, I know this probably is different than the normal tell-it-like-it-is radio show where, or you think it's going to be different than, you know, just this hard-hitting uh, tell-it-like-it-is, uh, you know, you know, Pastor Bob, he's going soft, he's talking about, Love tonight, you know. Well, I'm going to tell you, these commandments are the hardest commandments in the Bible. Uh, I know that Pentecostals are known for uh, preaching and teaching, for instance, about modesty, about sexual purity, about even what the Bible says about how men and women, what their hair should look like. We preach and teach about not, not partaking of this world's evil, like through television and movies and all these things. And, and certainly that's open game on the Tell It Like It Is radio show because I, I'm just convinced that people that have a love for God are, are really are really uh, hungry for hearing somebody tell it like it is. But I want you to know tonight that loving uh, our neighbor as ourself, the royal law, is probably the most difficult thing that there is. And it's the thing that we need to strive the most for. My good friend, uh, Brother Mike Miller, Pastor Mike Miller in West Fargo, Pastors Changing Lives Tabernacle there, he said one time as a pastor, he said, I spend a lot of my time putting out fires. And he was basically saying that shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't be that way. You know, we need to learn to get along, to love each other. First <clears throat> John chapter 3, verses 10. First John, here again, I'm, I'm going to prove to you that loving our brother as ourself is a, uh, not only a command of God, but it's at the top of the list of the commandments. 1 John 3 and verse 10, it says, In this the children of God are manifest or made known, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, and neither he that loveth not his brother. Verse 11 said, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 14, skipping down, it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So this program, we're going to kind of get talk about this. You know, let me read another before I go to a song here and might look at my text. Let me read another First uh, John four seven. This is a 
little longer reading, but just just listen to the strong wording of this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins, or the replacement. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time, and if we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. So the royal law is to love your brother as yourself. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's tough. But so be it. This is what God has called us to do. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Life is tough, God is good, it's a shame that we don't trust in Him the way we should. Life is tough, suck it up, mercy from the Maker's meant to fill your cup. We love to filibuster, rail and scoff, if we shut our mouths we might be better off. We begin to hear a still small voice lead us through these woods. Life is tough, sure enough, but God is good. Sin is sweet for a while, but it's like trying to make a pet out of a crocodile. Sin is sweet until it's not. You see the Venus flytrap has you caught. Heart so hard that you can't convince Till we're choking on our choices and the consequence It wouldn't have to be that way if we understood Life is tough, sure enough, but God is good You hear the people say life is tough, God is good Like that Say it with me now, life is tough God is good, that's right, yeah. All the people pray life is tough, God is good. You hear the people say life is tough, God is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life is short, truth to tell. And it's not a dress rehearsal, so live it well. Life is short, don't you blink. It isn't going to work out the way you think. It's a broken world with broken souls. We might not always be happy, but we can be whole. And Jesus hung on the cross to make sure we could. Life is tough, sure enough, but God is good. Then all the people say life is tough and God is good. That's right. You hear the people pray, life is tough, and God is good, all right, yeah. Say it with me now, life is tough, and God is good. All the people pray, life is tough, and God is good. Well, 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 
I said, well, 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 life is tough, but God is good. It's a crime that we don't trust in him the way we should. Life is tough, so they say, and you never really live it till you give it away. You can call me a fool, meet me toe to toe, but I can't deny this love I know. Not talking about Santa Claus or Robin Hood, no. Life is tough, sure enough, but God is good. And all the people say life is tough, God is good. That's right. All the people pray life is tough and God is good. That's right, yeah. Say it, say it, say it. Life is tough. You got it. And God is good. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. That was a guy named Randy Stono. People are asking, who is that? Uh, he's just tapping on his guitar and talking. Got uh, Pastor Jeff Soberg saying he preached from 1 John four seventeen through 21 today. Should have had him do the radio show. Had um, uh, got Jackie Woods listening tonight. Sister Beth, she said, when we truly love people, forgiveness, compassion, etc., comes so easy. Sounds like they're having quite the things going on in Grand Forks or Grand Forks Church. The um, we've got uh, Brother Timothy listening on in Wisconsin. I think I mentioned the Portelluses are listening. Text me 701-290-7862. Have people texting me. I don't know who you are, but I'm glad that you are texting me. And you can stay anonymous if you want to. I don't mind that. And I'm just glad to have you listening tonight. <laughs> this is a radio broadcast. If you're listening on the Internet, uh, this is we are coming live on a AM radio station here in Dickinson, North Dakota. So we have local people texting us. We have people from across the country texting us. And I haven't given out my email, but if you're from outside of the country and you want to email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. We're talking about the, the royal law tonight, which is to love our neighbor as ourself. In Mark chapter 12, some of my favorite verses, especially to bring people to God, but Mark 12, 29 through 34, a man came and asked Jesus, what, what's the greatest of all the commandments? the first of all the commandments, the most important of all the commandments. And in verse 29, Jesus said, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, Thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart, understanding, all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus, when he saw that he answered discreetly or correctly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any other questions. You see, Jesus it was quoting here in in he was quoting from Deuteronomy but this goes back this predates Christianity it goes back to Judaism the royal law love our neighbor as ourself now um, some people think well what if you don't love yourself how can you love your neighbor according to this well you do love yourself you you do you you know people say and I hope I, I hope I don't get old 
you know, saying things over and over again. But sometimes that's kind of what you'll be known for is what you've said over and over again. One of the most enjoyable things for me is things that I've said over and over again when I hear other people saying them and not even knowing that that I said them too. It just makes me feel good because that's what influence is all about. And there's this idea out there, and it comes from kind of pop psychology, some modern psychology that's incorrect, but it says the peop, problem people have is they don't love themselves. Well, they do love themselves. The Bible, Paul, the Apostle Paul said no man has ever hated himself. We all are, are um, by nature, uh, we, we, we have a self-preservation concept. Uh, we, when we're hungry, we eat. When we're hurt, we take care of it. Um, th- there is a love for ourselves. Even when you get to a no-care attitude, you still have a love for yourself. And Jesus was saying, let's love other people that same way. One of the signs of the end times is that this selfishness is going to become uh, way out of whack. You know, Second Timothy 3, 2, you know, the men shall be lovers of their own selves in the end times more than normal. So we're, there is no place that we are commanded or encouraged to love ourselves. Jesus was just saying that we do love ourselves and we should love others that way. I've heard people say, well, they committed suicide, they must have hated themselves. Usually, not always, but usually people that commit suicide are loving themselves to the point of this is they think it's the best thing for them <laughs> and their pain, um, <coughs> you know, whatever. Certainly not doing it for anybody else's sake. Uh, certainly not doing it for the people that find them hanging in the attic or whatever. You know, it, it's it's a selfish act. Um, you know, when somebody kills themselves, and so don't don't. You're not going to convince me that people that are doing dysfunctional things don't love themselves. Many times, most of the time, severe dysfunction comes because people love themselves too much. But the royal law is that we should love others as we love ourselves. Let me let me kind of just get to the quick here. Uh, in Romans chapter 13, 8 through 10, this is really going to bring my topic to, I mean, I've got my topic here about the royal law, but these verses in Romans are going to say exactly what I'm going to try to say for the rest of the program this next half hour. Romans 13, 8 said, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. See, that verse in the King James Version, is easy to understand. Basically what it's saying, if you loved your neighbor, you wouldn't commit adultery. You know, if you loved your neighbor, you wouldn't kill. If you loved your neighbor, you wouldn't be violent to somebody. You see, the that's why loving your neighbor sums up all the laws in the Bible that have to do with the way we treat each other. Loving our neighbor is the root of keeping all the commandments for interpersonal relationships. You know, and so, you know, this this is uh, maybe simple stuff, but it's still profound. It really is, and it's not easy. 
You know, it's not. Oh, you say, what if my neighbor makes me mad? Well, that's when it's not easy. You know, you, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. If somebody wrongs you, you don't have a right to wrong them back. Like, how can you say I love my bro- brother if I commit adultery or even desire to? Like, I've been married for 45 years. Just imagine how I would hurt my wife and my family if I committed adultery. How could I say that I love my brother and do something so wicked? You know, see, the the basis for all the law of how we treat each other is that we love our brother or sister. Like, you know, any type of sexual sin is that way. Even if you're single, you know, how can you say you love your your brother but you can't keep your hands off them until you're married. You know, any type of sexual sin is hard to associate with loving one another. How can I say I love my brother if, if I kill or lie or steal or, or um, you know, abuse them? How can we say we love our brother? It doesn't make any sense. You know, so how, how can I say my, I love my brother if I'm, if like I won't get along in my marriage. Like if I'm treating my spouse wrong, how can I say that I love my brother? See, this this royal law is the foundation of a good marriage. Now, we're having a tremendous amount of new people coming to our church from all kinds of broken situations. And I'm not going to speak against their past. But I will say that I am going to speak about those that are married that can still have something to do about it. If it's in your control still, you need to work on saving it. It's God's will. So I'm not going to pick on the people that that are divorced because it wasn't their idea or I'm not going to pick on the people that that before they came to God made all kinds of terrible mistakes, but I'll pick on the pe- people that I can still pick on. So loving our brother has to do with how we treat our spouse. Loving our brother has to do with how we treat our children. Loving our brother has to do with how we treat our parents, how we treat our in-laws, doesn't it? I mean... You know, I mean, isn't it? Isn't that true? You know, how can we say we love our brother? Or, you know, and when I say brother, you know, I'm talking about brothers and sisters, right? How can I say I love my brother or sister if I speak evil about them or I gossip about them? Proverbs 6 and verse 19 it, 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 verses 16 through 19 lists seven things that are an abomination unto the Lord. And one of those things is a he that soweth discord among brethren. Proverbs 16, 28 said, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. It, in, if I can break that into more modern language, it's that a troublemaker plants seed of, seeds of strife, and gossip can separate the best of friends. 
You see, this is not part of the royal law. We're not called to be troublemakers. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to try to help people reconcile with each other, not stir up strife. You know, are you a person that is stirring up things all around you? Are you in the middle of turmoil all the time? Every time you find out something that will make somebody else mad, do you spread it to them so they can get mad? Or do you just bury it and forget about it? James chapter 3 and verse 14 says, But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And so loving our brother means that we're going to keep some things to ourselves. Every time somebody hurts your feelings, you don't have to go tell everybody, do you? But boy, is it tempting to do it, and I know. When I, when I, when I said earlier that I'm speaking about one of the hardest-hitting subjects in the Bible, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I really do. You know, when somebody hurts my feelings, I want to go tell everybody and get everybody on my side. But I force myself not to do that. And I can't say I've always succeeded, that's for sure. Proverbs 26.20 said, Where there is no wood, the fire goeth out. <laughs> so where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Then it goes on to say the words of a tailbearer are as wounds, and they go down to the innermost part of the belly. And so loving our brother means that we stay away from gossip. We stay away of talking bad of each other, and we try not to be involved with that. And sometimes that's difficult also. Because sometimes you feel like people just need to talk, so you let them talk. But sometimes it'll turn a corner, too, when they're starting to say terrible things or bad things about one of God's children. And at that point, you know, well, at that point, um, you've got to redirect them. (laughs) You know... uh, is anybody I, I see who's all listening here we got we got ben ben out in pennsylvania listening tonight that's nice uh he's my friend we've got uh let's see who else is listening um i think i mentioned tim out in wisconsin listening seemed like i saw somebody else kind of pop up across or maybe it was an email you're listening to the tell like it is show talking about one of the probably the greatest commandment in the bible between interpersonal relationships, and then also one of the hardest things to really live out. Because if I wouldn't have got into this last part that I've been just talking about the last few minutes, it's pretty easy to say, oh yeah, we should love our brother. But how do we act it out? You know, like like um, Jesus said, in Matthew eighteen fifteen, he said, If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. Between thee and him alone. 
and if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So it's cowardly to go tell everybody else about your brother if you won't don't, don't even have the guts to talk to him. And let me just tell you this. This is what I really believe. Many times I don't even think you should talk to him. Sometimes we get our feelings hurt because we're too sensitive. And so if you go tell somebody every time they hurt your feelings, say, well, the Bible says, you know, you, you sinned against me and and I'm going to come and talk to you about it. You just, you and me alone, just like the Bible says, and Pastor Bob will be happy to. Well, I'm not necessarily happy either. You know, like, like if, uh, you know, Brother, Brother Jones, my good friends listening, I'm sure over the years we've hurt each other's feelings many times. But we're friends. We don't need to, every time we hurt our feelings, we don't need to just tell each other. You know, Part of part of human relationships is there's certain part of it is just acceptance too, isn't it? Realizing that everybody's different and you know, so but <clears throat> let me just get back to this. It's cowardly. Like, for instance, let's say that I hear of a pastor somewhere, a Pentecostal pastor that that is not somebody I agree with. Maybe they maybe they don't preach against uh Hollywood anymore, which is something that I talk about a lot. I can't imagine it being having the Holy Ghost and watching that trash without feeling conviction. I, I just can't. I mean, I it's a it's a good strong standard that we've always had, and uh, and the people of God have had, and so I can't imagine that there would be people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, watching a Hollywood movie tonight instead of listening to the Tell It Like It Is show. Well, <laughs> I'm sure there's other things you can do than listen to this. But, so I believe that very strongly. So let's say I find out there's a church that doesn't. And so I get on my little, I don't have Facebook, but I get on my Facebook or send out texts to everybody and emails and make a YouTube channel about how this church is going haywire. Didn't I miss something? Like, what about going to my brother? What about contacting, you know, here Pastor Bob is going to be 65 this summer. I don't feel 65. I feel pretty good, actually. But um, but I'm at the spot right now where I've been living for God for about 45 years. I, I've been pastoring for about 35 years. And I, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody, kind of like an elder. Like, it's not against what I believe to pick up the phone or send an email to somebody that I hear maybe is going astray, like another pastor, and say, hey, um, you know, and and usually it's got to be somebody I know. I mean, I'm not going to just get into people's business because there's no credibility in that. But, like, I'd rather talk to you about it. You know, I'd rather, there's somebody in my mind right now, and certainly, especially in the light of what I'm speaking about, and I'm not going to tell you their name, but, this person was a famous preacher that I knew that sounded like they were kind of going bad. But before I said anything about this person, I, I contacted them. And, and here again, I'm just telling you, you know, I did it right that time. I don't do it right every time. This, this, this is not easy. There's something in our nature that wants to spread things around. 
without giving the person a chance. You know, you know, it, it, it's cowardly, folks. You know, it's cowardly. First of all, somebody hurts your feelings. Don't be so sensitive. Second of all, if it's something that you really truly are trying to help somebody, talk to them. Boy, I'd, I'd really feel bad, and I guess I don't see a lot of this. Maybe there's some of this going on. Maybe maybe there's some of this going on, and, and I don't even know it, but I'd really feel bad if there was a bunch of people saying evil things on Facebook about me or emailing a bunch of people in a big group and <coughs> saying, boy, that pastor, Pastor Bob, he's this, that, and the other. Without even getting a chance, you know, to to uh, defend myself, which is not something I really want to do anyway. You really don't need to defend yourself. Your friends will do it for you, and your enemies won't believe you anyway. So, I mean, in some ways, it, it, it's kind of counterproductive. So how can we say our, we love our brother if we don't treat him right? How can we say we love our brother if we trash talk them? Folks, I'm not talking about here about backing away from standards, but I am talking about interpersonal relationships and somehow treating people with respect. You know, not everybody in the world is going to agree with with me. And it's what I do about that that's going to make the difference whether I'm fulfilling the royal law or not. How could we say we love our brother if we won't forgive them? How can we say we love our brother if we won't give them another chance? I told the guys at the jail today, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's room for disagreement in this. There really is. Maybe you're a pacifist out there. Maybe if somebody broke into your home, um, you wouldn't do anything. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about me. I, you know, if somebody broke into my home and my wife was there, one of my grandkids was there, I, I know I would try to defend them. I, I know I would. Okay? And I, and I think God's okay with that. That's just my opinion. I'm not a pacifist. I'm not a violent person either. But I'm not a pacifist. But what if they broke into my home and hurt my wife and got away? I came home and found out about it. Should I go out and beat them up? Should I go out and shoot them now? Is being vindictive ever God's will? Is being vindictive ever part of fulfilling the royal law? Is retaliation a part of the royal law or the golden rule? They were bad to me, I'm going to be bad to them. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, your Father which is in heaven uh, won't forgive you either. You see, Loving our brother is, you know, these are the hardest of the commandments. You know, I I just, it cracks me up, kind of. I mean, kind of cracks me up just when people say things about our church. They say, oh, boy, they preach it hard there. You know, you can't wear jewelry, and you can't drink, and you can't smoke, and you can't take drugs, and you can't watch TV, and and you can't, 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 and you can't. Those things are not hard. Those things are easy. But what about forgiveness? What about love? 
what about treating people good even when they don't maybe treat you good? Those are hard things. Oh, man, I've got a few. You know, I'm going to just take a little break here and play a stupid song and read, read my texts and come back and finish up this program. Well, old Buddha was a man, and I'm sure that he meant well. But I pray for his disciples, lest they wind up in hell. And I'm sure that old Mohammed thought he knew the way. But it won't be Hare Krishna, we stand before on the judgment day. No, it won't be old Buddha that's sitting on the throne. And it won't be old Mohammed. That's calling us home And it won't be Hare Krishna That plays that trumpet tune And we're going to see the sun of heaven Well, I don't hate anybody So please don't take me wrong But there really is a message In this simple song See, there's only one way, Jesus, if eternal life is your goal. In meditation of the mind, it won't save your soul. No, it won't be your Buddha that's sitting on the throne. And it won't be your Muhammad that's calling us home. Or a Methodist And still die in your sin You can't even be charismatic And shout and dance And jump a few But if you hate your brother You won't be one of the chosen few Cause it won't be a Baptist That's sitting on the throne A Presbyterian Or a Methodist that's calling us home And it won't be a charismatic That plays that trumpet tune Let's all just live for Jesus Because he's coming back real soon It won't be old Buddha That's sitting on the throne And it won't be old Muhammad That's calling us home and it won't be Hare Krishna that plays a trumpet tune. And we're going to see the sun and not Reverend Moon. And we're going to see the sun and not Reverend Moon. Pastor Bob here, the Tell Elected like Radio Show. And that's an old, old song. Because you don't even know who Reverend Moon is, do you? Brother Blackshear said I... If people start trash talking, he said, I cut people off. I'm not a bellhop to carry around somebody else's luggage. (laughs) That's good.
Yeah, and like I say, I know sometimes I do that, and then sometimes, you know, sometimes people are, as a pastor, I have to listen. But I still often wonder sometimes, Brother Blackshear, why did they come to me if they're so upset? Why not go to the person that upset them? Because some of it sounds like tattling to me. But anyway, we're talking about the royal law, James chapter um James chapter 2 and verse 8, if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, which is thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, thou doest well. The uh, Remember this, folks. Satan can't beat God's church. He can't. His main tactic over the years is to divide us and get us fighting with each other. Now, I, I just want you to understand, I'm talking... I'm not talking about throwing away doctrine here. I'm not just saying, well, we just need to get along with everybody and everybody's cool and okay. No, you, you've got you've to obey the Scripture. You, there's a unity that is around truth that's so important. But let's not spend our time just fighting either. You know, um, let's focus on reaching and teaching the lost, building up each other, rather than finding faults or gossiping or saying bad things about each other. Some of the strongest holiness men I've ever met also had a good attitude towards others that weren't as strong as them. And it didn't make them weaker. It didn't. (coughs) It just didn't. You know, so... uh, Oh, thanks for all the texting tonight, too. Just really nice to have all these people listening. Thank you for listening. I'm honored that you'd listen. Let me, let me, on Wednesday night when I spoke about this, at the end of the service, I, you know, I felt the presence of God come into the place. And I know many other people did, too. Psalm 133 and 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And so it's there's an anointing there when we come together in unity, when we come together in loving one another. You know, um, there there is a uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, like putting up with one another endeavoring, see see that wording here, like this is not easy, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. <clears throat> and so we're forbearing one another, like we're, we're not just walking around with big chips on our shoulder hoping somebody will knock them off, but instead we're, we're putting up with each other. Now you say, well, I thought the church was a place of perfect people. I don't know where you've been to church where it's like that, but it's not true. You know, there there aren't any perfect people. And even people that love God are not perfect, and even people that love God will hurt your feelings occasionally. Sometimes unintentionally. Most of the time, if they love God, it'll be unintentionally. That's why I think you should just give them the benefit of the doubt and just don't even let it bother you. But put up with each other endeavor, like work towards keeping the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Work towards that. 
Don't work for disunity. That, Like I said earlier, the only way the devil has ever succeeded against the people of God many times, well, it's not the only way. He's got a few tricks. But one of the main ways is to cause division, to get brothers and sisters fighting with each other. And there's no revival in that. 1 Peter 3, 8-12 says, Finally be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrawise blessing. In other words, if somebody uh, rails against you, bless them. Knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good and let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And in the context of this, this evil he's talking about is fighting. You know, um, they're, like I say, you know, we're not going to all agree on some things. But I don't have to be mean to you. You know, there there's even times where things have to be talked about publicly. I mean, it happened in the Bible. There's even times where people have been, you know, I mean, it, it just, you know, it can get pretty rough sometimes. But let's endeavor to keep unity. Let's endeavor to bring peace. You know, I, I heard a story many years ago. I read the story, and I you know some of the details are lost to me now, and I've t- retold the story many times. And it's okay because I'm just telling you the gist of the story. But there was a church somewhere where there were two men that didn't like each other, and they didn't get along, and they went to the same church, and they didn't talk. And there was a man that came to that church that decided he was going to fix it. And he went to, I'm going to call the two men Brother Smith and Brother Jones. And he went to Brother Smith, and he said, Brother Smith, he said, if you had anything you could say good about Brother Jones, what would you say? And Brother Smith said, well, I don't have much good to say about Brother Jones, but I will say this. He's done a good job with his kids. Well, this man later went to Brother Jones, and he said, I was talking to Brother Smith the other day, and he said he really appreciates what a good job you did with your kids. And Brother Jones said, he said that? He goes, yeah, he said that. Well, you kind of, you know, this story that I read, it was, it sounded like a true story. I think it was. And this peacemaker brought two men together through wisdom. That's what God's calling us to do. That's what the royal law says. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Work hard, folks, at trying to, Keep your relationships right, whether they're relationships within the church 
<coughs> relationships within your family. First Corinthians chapter 1, this is my last verse, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them that are in the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. And the Apostle Paul didn't didn't like that. The royal law. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church. There are a good bunch of people there. We're not perfect, but there's a good bunch of people there, and we want you to come visit us. We've been having a lot of visitors. I mean, it's just been good, really good. Uh, God's been bringing people just out of the woodwork. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. Lord willing, willing, I believe I'm the speaker. Friday mornings at Hardy's, we have a men's Bible study. Sunday mornings, we have we have Sunday, a children's summer summertime children's church that my wife peeked in on this Sunday and said they are doing an awesome job. I mean, I mean that the they write they're writing their own materials, they're communicating to these children. <coughs> I guess it's just my wife said it's just tremendous. That that starts at ten. Also, while the kids are doing that, we have three different adult Bible classes and also a teen class. These are all Bible classes. Um, we have a general, two general uh, Sunday school classes. Then we also have a basic Bible class that I teach. If you want to just learn some of the basic Bible topics, that's at 10 o'clock to 11. 11 is our worship service every Sunday, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. We have a church. We have churches in Bowman, Beach, Beulah, uh Mandan, Bismarck, Minot, Newtown, Williston, all around this area, this kind of western and southwestern North Dakota area. And if you want to know how to get to a good church that preaches Acts 238, you can just contact me. I've been giving out this phone number throughout the whole thing, 701-290-7862. I'll do whatever I can to get you tied into a, a good Pentecostal Church. Lord Jesus, tonight, as I close the program, I ask you to help us. Lord, help us, God, to to realize that that we do need to, Lord, even though we teach and preach about so many important things, God, and so many distinctives of Pentecostal, including how to be saved and how to go to heaven and all these things, Lord, I know that you want me to continue to do. But I also know, Lord, that, that there is so much in your word about loving each other, loving our brethren, loving our neighbor as herself. God, I pray that you help us. God, help us to be aware of it. Help us to tune it up. I just pray today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. I am going to play an old song that uh, was one of, when I first came to God, was one of my favorites, and it still is. And this is an old Lance Appleton song. Tune in next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? 
to be a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Well, you won't catch me preaching on the street. I'm too shy to talk to people when we meet. But then one day out on town square, a bunch of kids were gathered there, throwing beer cans at the law and shouting, peace. Not intend to interfere, but someone started screaming in my ear. So I laid both hands on his head and I prayed while he turned red. And the other kid said, Let's get out of here. Cause I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness and I suggest you to do the same. I was set free out of Pentecostal all around my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I'll never testify at school, not me. People will say that I'm not cool. But then one day I had enough of that evolution stuff. So I stood right up and I said, God's word is true. My teacher did not know what to do. It seemed like he was shaking in his shoes. Though he knew I meant no harm, he took me by the arm and said, son, what religion are you? I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, sir. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. On the job, I never say a word. Uh-uh. I figure they all know I go to church. But when my boss man called me in for a tonic and some gin, I began to think perhaps he hasn't heard. So I said, No, sir, I am not the drinking kind. Excepting for a thing they call new wine. Woo! As he lost his cigar smoke. It seemed like he would choke. I proceeded to explain it one more time. I'm a one God. I'm thought, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness, and I suggest you do the same. I was set free out of Pentecostal order on my knees, but you pardon me if I'm not ashamed. Be a one God. I'm thought, tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.